Our confession this evening is Article 21 of the Belgic Confession. Article 21 of the Belgic Confession. And I'm going to read it for us. And please confess in your hearts with me. We believe that Jesus Christ is a high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek, made such an oath that he presented himself in our name before his Father to appease his wrath with full satisfaction by offering himself on the tree of the cross and pouring out his precious blood for the cleansing of our sins as the prophets had predicted. For it's written that a chastisement of our peace was placed on the Son of God, that we are healed by his wounds. He was led to death as a lamb. He was numbered among sinners and condemned as a criminal by Pontius Pilate, though Pilate had declared that he was innocent. So he paid back what he had not stolen. And he suffered the just for the unjust in both his body and his soul in such a way when he senses the horrible punishment required by our sins. His sweat became like big drops of blood. Falling on the ground, he cried, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? And he endured all this for the forgiveness of our sins. Therefore, we rightly say with Paul that we know nothing but Jesus and Him crucified. We consider all things as done for the excellence of the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We find all comforts in His wounds and have no need to seek or invent any other means to reconcile ourselves with God, then this one and only sacrifice, once made, which renders beliefs perfect forever. This is also why the angel of God called him Jesus, that is Savior, because he would save his people for their sins. Psalm 110. It's entitled, Sit at My Right Hand. The Lord, says to, the Lord says to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord sends forth from Zion your mighty scepter. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people will offer themselves freely on the day of your power in holy garments. From the womb of the morning, the dew of your youth will be yours. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. The Lord is at your right hand. He will shatter kings on the day of his wrath. He will execute judgment among the nations, filling them with corpses. He will shatter chiefs over the wide earth. He will drink from the brook by the way. Therefore, he will lift up his head. Love it in our Lord Jesus Christ. Our text verse is verse 4. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever 
you after the order of Melchizedek. And thank you for that, Kida. That's quite interesting, that name. And I looked up the pronunciation this afternoon. It comes from the Hebrew word Melech, that means king, and Tzedek, that means justice. So, a good translation of that will be the king of justice, and that's Melchizedek, or Melchizedek, as some pronounce it as well. In Hebrew, it would be Melchizedek. It's quite important because this is a confession about our Lord Jesus Christ. And just like last week, it is about our Lord, who is the priestly king, in the order of Melchizedek. And when you confess this confession, you have to remember a few things. This confession was written in blood. The blood of Giru de Brer and his church. And out of that anguish is written a confession based on the word of God. Based on Psalm 110. And so Giru de Brer and his congregation confessed in Belgian Confession Article 21. We believe that Jesus Christ is a high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek, made such by such an oath that he presented himself in our name before his Father to appease his wrath with full satisfaction by offering himself on a tree of the cross and pouring out the precious blood for the cleansing of our sins, as the prophets had predicted especially as the prophets had predicted. Psalm 110. And where we are now is the fulfillment of a prophecy, the long-awaited Messiah. And the Jews waited for that Messiah as they longed for dew out of heaven. They longed for their Messiah who would change everything. Verse 3. We read about a change that the Messiah would bring. Your people will offer themselves freely on the day of your power in holy garments. From the womb of the morning, the dew of your youth will be yours. And Jesus himself said that Psalm 110 was about him. Psalm 110 was fulfilled in him. Luke 24, verse 45, the 40th day after Jesus' resurrection, Jesus was with his disciples. Jesus performed a great miracle. And he opened the disciples' mind for his spirit so that they could understand the gospel. And that's what the spirit always does. He enlightens our minds. That's why the Spirit was given to the churches as, as well. And it was such an important miracle. Because that day all the misunderstandings disappeared. And the meaning of all the Psalms and the prophecies became clear. All the prophecies that are mentioned in Article 21. Isaiah 53, Psalm 110. And so the disciples were now equipped to be sent out 
not disciples anymore, but apostles. And the Lord gave for His Spirit an insight in the things that happened on the cross, but also in the things that would happen before Jesus returned. Then when Jesus had left them out to the vicinity of Bethany, He lifted His hands, blessed them, and while He was blessing them, He left them, was taken up into heaven. And the disciples worshipped the Lord. They returned to Jerusalem with great joy. They stayed continually at the temple praising God. And so later on, the Spirit was poured out. And that great joy, when they were speaking in tongues, when the gospel was proclaimed and the church grew, the Holy Spirit was given as a gift to all the churches. And the Lord gave extraordinary gifts. But it was a time of great joy. And then in the church history, we know how it happened. Persecution from the Jews, started by Saul and all the Pharisees. There was persecution, there was dispersion, and the gospel grew. But everywhere, churches were persecuted. There was growth. There was growth in the confession that Jesus is Lord. That Jesus is King. That Jesus ascended to heaven and sat down at the right hand of the Heavenly Father where He showed Himself as the head of the Christian church for whom the Father governs all. Jesus is the King. But also the priest that gave His life as a sacrifice for many. And so Psalm 110 verse 4 teaches, The Lord has sworn and will not change His mind. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. There was not one high priest who could ever bring such a sacrifice that was an atonement for all our sins. And so our Bible reading teaches that Jesus is a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And now I'm going to pronounce it in Hebrew. Melchizedek. Hebrew, as it was pronounced, was a magnificent priest that Abraham gave a tenth of all his possessions. Melchizedek blessed him, Genesis 14. And as Abraham is returning victorious from a risky battle, he passes by the city of Salem, later Jerusalem. And the king came out to meet him. And we are told that the king is also a priest who serves the same God as Abraham. We aren't told why Melchizedek worshipped Abraham's God. He even isn't even an Israelite. We are untold his family's lineage. But this is exactly why Jesus is after the order of Melchizedek, according to Psalm 110 verse 4. Stark contrast to the priests of Israel, there was no genealogy for Melchizedek. Not a record of his birth or death. And so, in Israel, Aaron and his sons were appointed to to priesthood by God, number 17 and 18. Aaron was appointed as a priest by God, and the oldest son would succeed his father's high priest for the generations. And not just anybody could become priest, 
Now to become a priest, one had to be from the tribe of Levi, especially from the family of Aaron. But the reverse was also true. All the sons of Aaron had to become priests. Jesus wasn't of the family of Levi. He could then, according to that lineage, not be a priest. Yet God ordained him as a priest forever. Not after the order of Levi or Aaron, but after the order of Melchizedek. Without lineage, without credentials, genealogical credentials, And it's because God ordained him, as he ordained Melchizedek, that Jesus could function as our mediator, son of God above all. And he could bring atonement of our sins at Golgotha, and he is our intercessor in heaven today. Melchizedek was king and priest, and so is Jesus. And with his ascension, our Lord Jesus took his rightful place at the right hand of the Father in heaven. And the Father gave all power to him, all power in heaven. King of kings was given to him, priest and king, our Lord Jesus Christ. And for him the Father governs now, and his place is at the right hand of his Father. Jesus was humiliated as a man. He was crucified, buried. He's risen. And that risen king is now seated at the right hand of the Father, where he reigns as the eternal king. And so, that's the fulfillment of Psalm 110. Sit at my right hand until I make enemies your footstool. Also, we confess that everything is under the kingship of Jesus. Demon, princes, world events. Jesus is our priest, but also our king who sacrificed himself as an atonement for all our sins. But what does this mean? Why did Jesus have to atone for our sins? And so Gideon de Bray explained, For it is written that a chastisement of our peace was placed on the Son of God, and that we are healed by his wounds. He was led to death as a lamb, He was numbered among sinners, condemned as a criminal by Pontius Pilate, though Pilate had declared that he was innocent. So he paid back what he had not stolen. He had suffered the just for the unjust, in both his body and soul, in such a way that when he senses the horrible punishment required by our sins, his sweat became like big drops of blood, falling on the ground, and he cried, My God, my God, Why have you abandoned me? And he endured all this for the forgiveness of our sins. Therefore, we rightly say with Paul, we know nothing but Jesus and him crucified. And we consider all things as done for the excellence of the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We find all comfort in his wounds. To explain this again, we need to go back to the work of a high priest. Leviticus 16. We read of God's stipulations for the annual day of atonement. On completion of the performance of purifying the most holy place, Aaron had to place both his hands on the head of a live goat. Confess in Leviticus 16 verse 21. And Aaron shall lay both his hands 
on the head of the live goat and confess over it all the iniquities of the people of Israel, all their transgressions of their sin. And he shall put him on the head of the goat and send it away in the wilderness by the hand of the man who is in readiness. And by doing that, the high priest was transferring the sins of the people to the goat, to the lamb. The goat laden with the sins of the people of Israel was sent into the wilderness. In Scripture, the wilderness is symbolic of the domain of Satan. The wilderness is a place in total contrast to the Garden of Eden. The Garden of Plenty versus a place of nothing. Therefore, it was also not without significance that Jesus was tempted by the devil, Matthew 4, and sending that sin-laden goat into the wilderness until the Day of Atonement was a symbolic casting into hell. Sin had to be removed. The goat being sent away, as Hazel was the goat's name, was a symbolic removal of sin. This is what happened with Jesus. The atonement of our sins. Jesus was the sacrifice, according to Isaiah 53, the fulfillment of every prophecy that were ever in the Bible. We confess, for it is written that a chastisement of our peace was placed on the Son of God, that we are healed by His wounds. And so the prayer also mentioned the teaching of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 2. That we know nothing about, know nothing but Jesus and Him crucified. And so the Apostle Paul explained in 1 Corinthians 2 that Jesus took with His atoning death on the cross all our debts, all our sins, all our transgressions upon Himself and in our place. And there on the cross were the temptations of Satan. And the world were at his heaviest. He said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. And he showed his love. He was hated. He was mocked. He was killed so that we could inherit eternal life. And he conquered death. And he restored our relationship with the Lord. He brought atonement. There's only one way that leads to eternal life. This is Jesus. The message of the cross. And therefore Paul proclaimed Christ crucified. That this is what Kiddo the Bray confessed. Wisdom from the Spirit and for the believer the power of God. Grace for the sinner. And for the unbeliever it's foolishness. Because they don't understand the message of the cross. Why Jesus needed to die as an atonement for our sins. And the cross of sorrows. This message of the cross is the gospel. The gospel of life. Therefore Paul said, For I decided to know nothing among you except him and him crucified. Paul said, We rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Romans 5 verse 11. And the gospel and what happened to Jesus cannot leave us untouched. Written blood. I'm, but also it means that I am no longer 
on the receiving end of God's anger. Jesus atoned for my sins. So God's wrath is there for me no more. And when we think of our own lives, true, there are those times when I feel as though God is angry with me. Perhaps when I am confronted with the troubles of life, or when I find it difficult to forget the sins of the past. What should we do in such times? In such times, our priestly king in heaven intercedes for us, calls us into his mercy. He calls us to repent, to take your sins to the cross and seek his forgiveness and assure you that you will live in all eternity, that he atoned for your sins. He invites you to stand at the cross, to look to Jesus, our Lord and Savior in true faith, and pray that all your sins would be forgiven. And when you did that, and you brought your sins to Jesus, you can know that your sins are forgiven because of Jesus Christ crucified. Our sins are erased because of what Jesus has done on the cross. He atoned for my sins. God lays before me the wonderful news that His only Son bore God's wrath for me so that my sins are gone. I have been freed from them, freed from the wrath of the Holy God. And so in Article 21 of the Belgian Confession, we confess Christ died on the cross when I should have. My sinful baggage of the past no longer matters. For Christ has done away with it for me. Though my conscience still bother me, Scripture tells me that Christ has died for me in my place. And focusing on this reality, I can only be thankful to God and moved on to rejoice on account for such a rich gospel. Good news. Greatest news of all. Jesus atoned for my sins. But then Psalm 110 tells us more good news. It tells us about the assurance in the last part of Psalm 110. Our Lord Jesus Christ will return. And then his kingdom will come in its fullness. And he's expected like dew to quench the thirst of the land. We read in verses 5 to 7 of Psalm 110 that he will shatter kings on the day of his wrath. He will execute judgment among the nations, filling them with corpses. He will shatter chiefs over the wide earth. He will drink from the brook by the way. Therefore, he will lift up his head. Our Lord Jesus Christ is coming again. For people who don't know the Lord, Jesus' second coming will be terrifying. But we can be comforted because we stood at a cross with Jesus. We know that everything is in the Lord's hand. That Jesus atoned for all my sins. Therefore we long for the day of Jesus' return. Because it's a day of unspeakable comfort. Where the Lord will heal everything. There will be no more tears, no more pain, no more sickness and death. But we expect to live in full eternity with the Lord. 
And therefore, the believer always pray, Lord, let thy kingdom come. And we read in Luke 21, verse 28, Now when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Therefore, what a tremendous comfort from Jesus. This is for every believer. We can rejoice with every believer that our Lord is in control. That we have nothing to fear, not even that sins of my past. And we find comfort in his wounds. And I have no need to seek or event any other means to reconcile ourselves with God than this one and only sacrifice once made, which renders believers perfect forever. Paul said, I love Christ crucified. This is how we should live as well. At the feet of our priest king, because we know what Jesus has done for me on the cross of sufferings, I can live, and I am forgiven, and it's by God's grace alone. This is our life. Amen. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we rejoice this evening with Giru the prayer and the church of all generations. Jesus lives, so and so do we. Our sins are forgiven. Our sins are atoned for. And we thank you, Lord, for Jesus, who is and was after the order of Melchizedek, the priestly king, the king of justice. And we pray, Lord, that when you come, that you will come soon. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.